Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason, Pastor Brett, and myself begin our discussion on the fifth petition of the Lord's Prayer. Welcome to the Vocation Show. I mean, the, the Being Lutheran podcast. Yeah, it's been a while. Yes. You, I forget, you're Brett and you're Brian. Right, nice to meet you. Sometimes yeah, I Good am, to yeah. see you again. Occasionally, it's been three months Do since I need to sign the, the guest studio. book? Yeah, sign the guest book, uh, take a ticket, we'll be ready to go. This has been a long time since we've been together. It's been good, though. I mean, I think that um, taking a break mm-hmm. and just allowing us to be dads and husbands and yeah. just to get a, a break away from some of the stuff is, is refreshing sometimes. And mm-hmm. I don't know, when you get back together, then you're, you're ready, you know? Yep. So you guys had a lot going on. So tell me about your summer. Yeah, I had the, uh, I had the summer vacation that they make comedy movies about in the end. And, and I'm a little bit further removed didn't get from it. So Chevy Chase joined you guys. Yeah, I was waiting for him to show up. That would have been the icing oh, on the case. Nice. But, uh, we went from having fleas in our hotel room to almost snow in Yellowstone uh, to a tire catching on fire on the freeway. Oh, wow. Uh, hmm. You need to write this we, out. You know? <laughs> seriously, we, we ended up rewiring an entire tire and packing a, a wheel bearing in a parking lot oh, in man. Sheridan, Wyoming. Uh, and then the uh, the last leg of our trip home, we drove straight through with all five kids from Rapid City to Minneapolis in one, hmm. you know, with just potty breaks Are we there stuff. yet? Are we there yet? Oh, yeah. if I hear that phrase again, I will probably have a nervous breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> so that was our vacation. Yeah. Uh, how about you, Brett? Good. Yeah, I spent, uh, I think our big highlight was going to Illinois, uh, going to see grandma and grandpa and kids look forward to that and I look forward to it and I just had a refreshing time after a couple of different teaching weeks this summer and just really blessed by those opportunities and and yeah it's it's fun to get back into the fall swing yeah. of things too I uh, I kind of crave the routine that the fall mm-hmm. schedule has it keeps me a little bit more yep on task I uh, all I had this summer besides the vacation was I spoke at a bible camp but then uh, the week after this episode posts, I'll be heading to Beulah, North Dakota mm-hmm. for the vocation conference. Yes. I'm super excited about that. You guys going to record those? And I don't know. That's yeah. up to the church. Okay. A, as someone who uh, is coordinating a Reformation conference at my church, I'm happy to let them do all of that. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, good. Uh, so yeah, uh, we did, and we had fun at KKMS. Yeah. That was a good that, couple that hours good. we spent in the studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thanks with, again to Dr. Nathan Olson. Yeah. That was a lot of fun uh, to be in the studio together, and and we've burned through all those episodes. Mm-hmm. We got to crank out some new content. How yeah, about you, Brian? Good. I didn't do anything. I just lived in a van down by the river. <laughs> <laughs> no, Steady just uh, catching up. Uh, we had some personal stuff to kind of catch up with our family, and so that was good. It mm-hmm. gave us time to do that. Um, I really didn't do any speaking. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe people are sick of me or whatever. But no, no, no worry. I don't looking for pity or anything. But no, I, it was just kind of a, a busy summer. I've got a grandchild coming in less than a month, which awesome. that's kind of new and that's exciting. So um, I think a lot of the summer was just like, what does that look like? And, you know, our second oldest, Samuel. Uh, finished Bible school. He's taking a year off, paying off all his bills. I'm really proud of him. He's really done well this way. And he's going to begin Northwestern and going in for a music degree 
Uh, he's in the middle of scoring a new symphony that he's writing. And so he's already done one. Hmm. And That's yeah, really for, awesome. for fun, he actually will take a, a Bach piece and he'll actually transpose it, all of the instruments and write out all the parts. Hmm. And so he's just super gifted that way. So it's been kind of fun to have him around the house again. So yeah, it's good. You mm-hmm. know, it's, it was... It went too fast, but oh. I'm kind of low with you where I'm kind of looking forward to the structure again so I can actually plan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a planner. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I usually have my, like all my sermon series are done for a year out. Hmm. And uh, I'm, of course, I allow for movement and change for the Holy Spirit, but I have everything planned out for about a year yeah, in advance. Awesome. And that helps me because, you know, I don't have to think about it too much. It's, you know, the church that I... um serve generally doesn't work out of the pericope, which would make life a lot easier. Um, and they, they're used to having series and mm-hmm. the elders, as I asked them, like, can I do this or would you like me to do this? And they preferred series. And so we're actually entering into a marriage series, biblical marriage and God's design for marriage in the family. So that's going to be, I'm actually looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. So we, uh, we begin with God as the creator, God of the universe. So Good stuff. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, I have all my sermons planned out for nine years. Yeah, right. Sweet. Because I use the three-year lectionary. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> I rotate no, which I, lesson I preach on every mm-hmm. year. <laughs> like I said, it would be a lot easier, but I do. I just try to take a couple days where I'll just kind of hibernate. Usually I hibernate here yeah. in the recording studio. Right. And just like, Lord, reveal what mm-hmm. what the, your congregation needs because it's not my congregation, you know, it's His, yeah. and so and that generally works. And so for the most part, it's been a really neat way mm-hmm. to see how the Holy Spirit's working through that. And I bring it to the elders, and they confirm it and talk with mm-hmm. my associate pastor Ben Soli, which I appreciate him so much. But anyway, so other than that, yeah, um, doing a lot of recording. Mm-hmm. So I, I can actually say this because by the time it airs, it'll be okay, which is what, <laughs> next week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. In uh, we've just four days, five all the vocals days. For, for Katie Dahl's new project. It's being produced by uh, a guy named Chris August, who's a, a Nashville artist who's got stuff, I think, on the charts right now. He had a single that did really, really well. He produced the whole thing and did a great job. It just sounds so, so well done. And, uh, I have the honor of mixing it, which mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to doing. Uh, Ryan Jones is mm-hmm. coming out with a new project. Our worship director, Tim Lemons, finished his. Hmm. It's, his project's being mastered. should be out in a couple of weeks. I think Tim is easily the best acoustic guitar player I've ever recorded in my entire life. Hmm. I just don't think there's... And he's such a great worship director. He's been doing it for so long. I'm so blessed to, to work with him. And so... Yeah, a lot of music, mm-hmm. a lot of family. It's been kind of my yeah, summer. Good. So. There you go. When's Great. your uh, solo album coming out, Brett? Oh, you know, it's. <laughs> I just need a couple more songs to add to the queue. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be all uh, all our baseball favorites. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, done, done in yodeling style. Well, I, I yeah. thought it was death metal Gregorian chant. <laughs> oh <laughs> no, like a little bit of Hawk Harrelson through. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's our topic yeah, today? Good. What are yeah, good. Forgiveness. <laughs> I forgot where we left off. Thank oh, you. We're Jesus. on fifth. Petition. Right. It's going to be so good to get back into the catechism after mm-hmm. summer off. Yeah, good. Yep. So we're kind of picking up where we left off a long time ago and uh, jumping into the, the fifth petition of the Lord's Prayer. And I think what we'll do is I'll just read that and we'll just do what we do. All right. Um, all right. Sweet. So fifth petition, what is it? And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. What does this mean? We pray in this petition that our Father in heaven would not look upon our sins nor deny such petitions on account of them. We are not worthy of any of the things for which we pray, neither have we deserved them. Um, and I think... It continues Yeah, on, I was going to yeah. say it continues. Yep, but we pray 
that he would grant them all to us by grace. For we daily sin much and indeed deserve nothing but punishment. Mm. So we will truly on our part also heartily forgive and readily do good to those who sin against us. Amen and amen. Amen. Absolutely. Yeah. Good. Fifth petition. Let's talk about it. The forgiveness petition. This is the heart and soul of the gospel, Mm -hmm. and especially as... Uh, the Lord uh, lays it out for us in the Lord's Prayer. We have uh, mm-hmm. petition five, six, and seven are mm-hmm. uh, the gospel petitions. Of- do you do you think there's any any reason for it taking so long? I don't know if that's the right way to say it to, to get to this or. Well, it's structured. Um, we've used in the past, and and we can put something up on the website too. A chart that I got. Um, off of a follower on Twitter, we, we mutually follow each other. I think his name is John Argyle, mm-hmm. uh, who runs the Catechism account mm. on Twitter, who introduced me a chart of how graphically, visually, mm-hmm. the pattern yes. of the Catechism works out. And so uh, it, it mirrors the layout of the uh, Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we can put that up, So because I don't have it in front of me right now, but... Uh, I think it orients us to remember how we've talked about in the past, the first three petitions are kind of what we try to do for God. Mm-hmm. You know, hallowed be thy name, thy mm-hmm. kingdom come, thy will be done. We want to, you know, we want to make God's name hallowed among us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want God's kingdom to come among us. We want God's will to be done among us. And then we have this daily bread where we're reminded of God's uh, provision, and that's kind of the hinge that the Lord's Prayer swings on mm-hmm. to reorient us to this is what God is doing for mm-hmm. us. When his name is made holy, mm-hmm. when his kingdom is coming, when his will is done, the gospel is being proclaimed, the gospel mm-hmm. is being applied, the gospel is being confessed, which is what we're doing. So we pray for forgiveness, and in the next petition, we pray for God not to lead us into temptation, which is a reminder that he doesn't lead us into temptation. Mm-hmm. And then the petitions of the Lord's Prayer close with deliver us from the evil one or deliver mm-hmm. us from evil. Mm-hmm. And so you have that kind of ascendant gospel mm-hmm. moving away from God's provision or moving forward from God's provisions, a better way to say that. And I think it's just a reminder that our lives as Christians, while we focus on the here and now, because that's what we're experiencing at the moment, are always built and surrounded by the gospel. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Amen. That's good. (laughs) Well, we're done now. Yeah. All right. Well, pack pack it up. We're a little rusty. Yeah. You know, it's the, the other side of the thing here is that we're confessing sin. Mm-hmm. Always an appeal to forgiveness is a confession of sin because you don't mm-hmm. need to be forgiven if you haven't sinned. Yep. And so, you know, I think if there's one area the church absolutely gets wrong across the board, it's the nature of sin. Uh, we, you know, we we have some sects or, or areas of the church in America that kind of teach the devil made me do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would especially, you know, I would blame. Uh, cast the blame on the holiness movements, mm-hmm. uh, the the more faithful, that means faithful to the actual doctrines of the Methodist wing. You have the Nazarenes, mm-hmm. you have the Wesleyans who who believe you can lead perfectly sinless lives once you're, uh, once you're redeemed and you're being sanctified. Um, 
We also deny that we are personally responsible for sin. Uh, the, the American liberal wing of the church mm-hmm. uh, just says sin is not a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in fact, you have the gospel reductionists who are paralleling that, saying that it's not the sin we need to worry about, it's the guilt that we feel because of sin that we need to worry about. And so, uh, you know, looking at sin in a way that we are both personally responsible for our sin and also recognizing the sin, uh, the impact that sin of others has on us. You know, mm-hmm. Luther identifies in this petition, the large catechism, the effects of our own sinful flesh, but also the effects of the sin of the world on us and the temptations of the evil one, which is what mm-hmm. we're going to lead into in the next two petitions. And so looking at the depth and the breadth of our sin is probably a good place to start when mm-hmm. we start examining the fifth petition. Yeah, yeah, because we, you know, you have... Lots of sin to look at. I mean, uh, you have the sin in our own lives, the sin, um, like you mentioned, Jason, of those around us. And I, I just so I so appreciate the what does this mean section here and yeah. how Luther lays it out saying we're not worthy of this. We're not assuming on God's grace, but we are, are asking him to forgive us because we indeed, we have sinned and we are sinful and, and that flows from one from, from the other. In reality, it's the polar opposite of the expressions of the prosperity gospel, where basically the prosperity gospel is trying to get people to coerce God or force him into a corner Mm -hmm. so that he's required to bless us, Mm -hmm. you know, by displays of great faith, uh, by you have this whole nonsense about the seed offerings that people talk about. But in reality, the, the we're not worthy is what makes our Christian life is Mm -hmm. to realize then that our life is oriented to God's grace and his mercy, neither of which we deserve. Mm -hmm. We only, as, as Luther says, we only deserve punishment. Yeah. Right. It it almost kind of mirrors that of indulgences just a little bit. I mean, the principle is kind of the same and kind of makes God just this divine vending machine. You know, we put our little works in and pull the knob and we, we get whatever we want and Mm -hmm. it's um, just doesn't work that way. Yeah. You know, and, and it's amazing when we go to church, um, when we hear the absolution, when we receive the Lord's Supper, it should always be something constantly that amazes us because it's just, it's totally and wholly undeserved. Every single time we're forgiven, not to mention, you know, the, the general forgiveness that we have, it, it, you know, it, it might not be unexpected because as we learn to grow in trust and faith in God's promises, we know that it is his nature to be merciful. At the same time, though, uh, not unexpected, but undeserved, it's still, you know, this is why the church erupts into praise. This is why, uh, this is really, in fact, why the church prays. When we, when we come to God for fourth petition stuff, when we come to God for first article of the creed blessings, uh, it's because we're forgiven. We know that we have a high priest who has reconciled us mm-hmm. with the Father. We know we have a high priest who's given us access to the throne room and access to God when before it would be nothing but terror and condemnation. Yeah, and I think sometimes we forget the didactic aspect of forgiveness, mm-hmm. you know, where it is our, our gentle teacher in the freedom of Christ Jesus, where if we have this wonderful cycle, we've talked about uh, cyclical 
sanctification, as we continue to return to the foot of the cross, living a life of confession and repentance, mm-hmm. it births humility, thankfulness, and gratitude, and it teaches us mm-hmm. to be not only uh, dependent upon God in a beautiful way, yeah. but it also reminds us that we're not worthy. But it, it's not to heap guilt and shame. Mm-hmm. It, it's to just really... I think, explode and expand the extravagant mercy and grace of God. Mm-hmm. And then you start to, to to just get that sense of like, wow, he did this for me. Mm-hmm. I I didn't deserve it. I don't, I can't earn it. Wow. Thank you. And it's yeah. just that, that thankfulness and that humility mm-hmm. that's birthed. And that's what we're taught as we continue this life of confession and repentance mm-hmm. for the forgiveness of sins. Yeah. And that, and that happens daily. And, and I, lo- I like how Luther says we sin daily. And I, I want to ask you guys this. How do you bridge the gap between, I mean, on one extreme, you can feel such guilt over sin that almost you know, some people have compared it to feeling like going in and out of that revolving door. Like I sin, I'm out of the faith. I am, I yeah. confess there's that on one extreme and on the other extreme, there's, well, I sin daily and, and kind of a ho-hum attitude towards sin. Is there, how do you, I mean, how do you take the fact that yes, I do sin daily. Um, and I walk in daily repentance and faith, you know, asking the fifth petition of God every day. I probably shouldn't joke about this, but mm-hmm. denial. Just pure <laughs> denial. No, that's the bad way to do it. Right. Yeah, it's, but don't, that's one side. Don't of try it. this at yeah, home. Yeah, you've got you've got kind of antinomianism on yeah. one side, and then you've got works righteousness earned on the other side. So Jason balance us out. Oh boy, yeah. <laughs> well, the, there's Very multiple balanced. moving parts to that question. Thanks for that. Uh, yeah. But um, you know, it's and, and also it's incredibly easy to get dead guys to agree with you. Sure. Uh, but I think Luther here w- would point us to two areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, first, he'd point us to church. Every week in church, we are confessing our sins. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I tended to say generically, but we'll leave it as generally. Mm-hmm. You are with the church confessing your sinfulness, not necessarily your individual sins, but Luther has said at times, if you are not troubled by a particular sin, mm-hmm. but you have a pulse, you, you're going to be aware that you've sinned at some point in mm-hmm. time. Confess that and receive the peace of the gospel. And, mm-hmm. and, and also with the worship service or the divine service, what comes into play is the preaching of law and gospel. Mm-hmm. Because it's our job as pastors, we know, to, you know, I, I actually preached a sermon on this about a month ago where I told my congregation, I said, literally my job every Sunday is to kill you. <laughs> that is my role. I I, I find you serial sin, killer. Yeah, I'm a serial killer. Views <laughs> of Jason Goodham are not necessarily that of the show. <laughs> but but you find the sin, you find the conflict yeah, in right. the passage, and you you know sometimes it's generic, right? Or um, you know this this week uh, the uh, on the three year lectionary, the epistle lessons are working through James right now. Uh, this week, a little easier to preach law. Yeah, it's a little easier to preach law <laughs> in, a, in a, an epistle that's full of law. But this week it's the sins of the tongue. And so I am required, bound by the word of God and the, the oaths I took at my ordination to attack gossip and lying in the sins of the tongue. Those are going to convict us of sin. That's how the Holy Spirit works on us. But mm-hmm. but then in the church service, and I think this is why it's such mm-hmm. a problem for people in the generic American church, is that there's not an absolution necessarily built into the service, yeah. mm-hmm. you know? I think another thing is that 
to answer your question mm-hmm. is for me anyway, is that, that didactic part. Am I learning? Mm-hmm. You know, am I, you know, as I continue sin, especially sins that I'm prone to, you know, to commit more than others. It's like, am I learning mm-hmm. from that sin or am I in denial? You know what I'm saying? Again, it's not so much this climbing Jacob's ladder thing, but it's producing biblical fruit. John 15 reminds us that it is the Father's desire that we bear much fruit, and He prunes us in that process. And pruning isn't fun, but pruning is didactic, and it is a life of confession and repentance. Because if we stay in the guilt and shame mm-hmm. part of the freedom, you know, while being in the freedom of Christ Jesus, then we lose sight that the the Word and the law has become has has now become our gentle teacher. We lose sight of that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If we don't keep in mind that God's law uh, is to teach us in the freedom of Christ, we forget that Christ came to give us life and abundantly. We're not supposed to walk around like a bunch of Eeyores with our head held low and, mm-hmm. oh, this is horrible, or like Puddle Glum or something like that. There's <laughs> supposed to be joy in our life. Mm-hmm. There is. And, and the only way that really happens is by, I think— praying for that balance. And I don't know that it looks the same in every single person because everybody grew up with a certain sort of dysfunction in their home or a different you know, environment in their home. And you have to kind of overcome some of that nature aspect of being, you know, mm-hmm. being taught by your parents and your family and whatever. But I think it's such a personal journey to find that balance between living in guilt and shame or mm-hmm. works righteousness and antinomianism. And there, there's a way to do that. But I think that's part of of the blessed journey mm-hmm. of walking with Christ. And yeah, I don't good. know that there's a formula to it. I just think that uh-huh. you pray for a desire, you know, and then you pray for wisdom in the Holy Spirit according to God's word and living that balance out, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and, and I think, you know, I was leading to that too, but the middle ground between the generic mm-hmm. general confession of the divine service and the training it takes in our sanctification and our daily walk with Christ, mm-hmm. in the middle you have this private confession and absolution. And I think that's the piece that puts it all together because there are going to be times as yeah. Christians when we are plagued by a specific sin. Mm-hmm. And, and if we're not plagued by the sin, we're plagued by the guilt or the remembrance of mm-hmm. that sin. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, you're Automatic response should be to go see your pastor, mm-hmm. to 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 go into you know we we call it counseling relationship, but mm-hmm. to to it's more of almost a discipleship relationship mm-hmm. with your oh, pastor. Amen. Yeah. Uh, but but to sit down with your pastor and confess your sin specifically, so that he can absolve that sin mm-hmm. specifically, because there's that's the only place you will have in your life where you are completely unable to disqualify yourself from the grace of God when the pastor is only speaking the gospel for your ears mm-hmm. and no one else's, you know that the gospel applies. And, and I don't often say this, you know, we, we've talked about various points about when to leave a church or, or, or when to endure or, or, or when to talk with the pastor. Mm-hmm. But here's one. If your pastor refuses to do private confession and absolution with you, you need to leave your church. If your pastor is incapable or unwilling to privately and individually apply the gospel to your life, mm-hmm. he is not doing his job. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you'll be freed from that. And that then in turn frees us 
to train and discipline. Amen. And, and mm-hmm. you know, the, the, I think the place where I want to leave it here is, is thinking mm-hmm. about it is, 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 I heard a pastor say this, and I was thinking, oh, should we bring this up on the podcast or not? <laughs> but but the example plays itself out, so I will. And he was talking, where, where I heard this pastor speaking, was talking with the the pornography epidemic that the country mm. is facing. And, and so often we hear men talk about being addicted to porn, addicted mm-hmm. to, to sexual temptation, addicted to lust, however you want to do it. And, and he said, and I want to emphasize this, I don't want to downplay the nature of addiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to downplay the struggle against habitual sin. But he says, as a pastor, more often than not, what I have found is that someone claiming an addiction to lust mm-hmm. or a sexual addiction is really just an excuse for not wanting to develop a stronger will, hmm. for not training yourself to resist temptation, for not being personally responsible for that. That is absolutely a part of the Christian life. And, and it's it's easy to pick on pornography and lust and all of that, especially uh, because it's so rampant mm-hmm. in the church. But we have to be aware of that, mm-hmm. is that part of the Christian life is training. You have uh, Paul talk about, I buffet my body, and, and, and I do not train as one beating the air, but there's a purpose to that. Now, that isn't something that your your salvation hinges on or is dependent on, but it is still part of the Christian life that we are yeah. not, you know, you know, willingly throwing into circumstances where we know uh, we will be tempted and compromised, uh, but we're also entering in, and again, this is an area your pastor can and will help you with, mm-hmm. you know, and- uh, developing a, a way of resisting temptation mm-hmm. in whatever way it might be. And that's worship. Paul said that mm-hmm. in Romans 12. That's the way we worship God, mm-hmm. is by buffeting our body, yeah. and, you know, walking in self-discipline. It's mm-hmm. how we worship our Lord. Yeah. And, and the law in the Christian life is both God's will— and direction, mm-hmm. yep. but it's simultaneously another opportunity for repentance yeah, and another right. opportunity to be comforted by the gospel. Yep. 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 Amen. I think that's a good place to end today's episode. Brian, all right, we're a little out of the groove, but do you have a verse? No? I do. All right. I'm all right. good to go. Mid season form. Yep. Yes. Colossians chapter 1, verses 11 through 14. May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to his kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also invite a friend to check us out on iTunes. Please join us next week when Pastor Jason, Pastor Brett, and myself continue our discussion on the fifth petition of the Lord's Prayer. God bless you and have a great day.